to the Grower Radio Network. I'm Chris Mosby with Greenhouse Management and Produce Grower Magazines, and I'm joined today by Ray Cloyd, a research and extension specialist in horticultural entomology and plant protection at Kansas State University. Ray, thanks for joining us. Thank you again, Chris, for inviting me. Today we're going to be talking a little bit about whiteflies, so can you tell me a little bit about the pest and, and how they do their damage? Yeah, whiteflies, to give you a general sense of the life cycle, the adult females lay eggs on the underside of leaves, uh, which hatch into um, actually nymphs or crawlers. They go through about three to four nymphal stages. The fourth nymph is actually referred to as a pupa, and then they come out as an adult. Uh, there are a number of whiteflies that can be a problem in greenhouses. Uh, that includes the greenhouse whitefly and the sweet potato whitefly, and subsequently a related one, the silverleaf whitefly. There's another one out there that uh, is not a pest that occurs in the fall on poinsettias. Speaking of poinsettias, which crops do the whiteflies target? Well, whiteflies are, are pretty uh, prolific, as Chris meaning they feed on a wide diversity of uh, horticultural uh, grown crops. So, but they have they have their favorites. I mean, poinsettia would be uh, one that we talk about. Uh, Gerber daisy or Transville daisy is is another one. But there's a whole slew of horticultural crops and even vegetables. Tomatoes is one uh, we'll see uh, whiteflies on. So, talking about whiteflies, then how can a grower prevent an infestation? Prevention is a pretty strong term. The way to deal with whiteflies obviously is the sanitation aspect because any weeds within the greenhouse will harbor whiteflies. From a prevention standpoint, you, you can't apply systemic insecticide. Both neonicotinoid and non-neonicotinoid are early in the season before the whiteflies are present. That is probably the, the most likely preventative way of dealing with whiteflies. And if a grower does get an infestation, how can they combat that? If they do get an infestation that goes beyond the use of biologic control, there are a number of products out there that have both contact and, and and systemic activity. You can start off with some of the oils and soaps and then uh, work your way to other products that are commercially available that do have white fly activity. Ray, since you did mention biological control, can you talk a little bit about what tactics a grower who's using biological should use to prevent or control white flies? Well, biologic control, uh, Chris, is a per- preventative process. It's not curative. So the growers have to do a number of procedures. They have to implement a sound scouting program so they can detect the white fly adults on the yellow sticky cards early and all also do visual inspection on the leaf undersides, which is where most of the life stages of whiteflies are at. When numbers are low, they can make releases of a number of parasitoids commercially available. There's the Incarcia formosa, which we primarily use for greenhouse whitefly, and then there's Eremoceris arimicus, which uh, is mostly used for sweet potato whitefly. The use of biologicals has to be implemented early on in the cycle to avoid any outbreaks of whiteflies occurring later on. What is the whitefly cycle? Eggs are laid on the leaf underside by the female the eggs hatch. They go through three to four nymphal instars. Then the, the fourth nymphal instar is referred to as a pupa, and that's where you see the red eyes, and then you, the adults emerge. The life cycle takes about 20 to 25 days at temperatures around 70 to 75 degrees Fahrenheit, but when the temperatures increase, that life cycle will be short. Are you seeing any new trends or, or rising trends in controlling whiteflies in greenhouses? Really what I'm seeing is uh, growers using more what we call these entomopathogenic fungi. And these are beneficial fungi that kill only insects. And there are several products out there. And one of them is Botanigard, which has Bavaria 
bastion as the active ingredient. Preferral, which has Acerea from Acerosias as one of the active ingredients. And there's also another one called Met52, which is Metarhizium anisoplia, which is uh, out there also, but less used for whiteflies compared to other pests. We feel that growers are using more of these in, in rotation programs, mainly because of the broad spectrum activity. Now, they are fungi, so they have to be used early on, and they have to have certain environmental conditions, especially temperatures over 70, 75, and high relative humidity is about probably over 70%. So they're going to likely be used early on in the spring production cycle to minimize problems with white flies. This was great information, Ray, and I appreciate you taking some time to share it with us. Anytime, Chris. Look forward to our next podcast. And, Ray, if growers have any questions that they want to reach you, is there a, a website or a phone number they can reach you at? We have a general entomology website, but the, the best way to reach me is either by email or phone, and my email address is rcloyd, R-C-L-O-Y-D, at ksu.edu, and my office number is 785-532-4750. Wonderful, Ray. Thank you very much for joining us again. You're very welcome, Chris. And for more podcasts, stay tuned to the Grow Radio Network. Network.